When you watch something like a Pawn Stars, they're always calling in those historians or those professionals to come analyze certain pieces of art, right? And yep. based off of that human decision, which has a lot of flaw and error in it, I don't care how good your eye is, you leave room for something called counterfeit. When you introduce something like an NFT in the blockchain and you get that digital stamp on the blockchain, which is transparent for everybody to see because it's public domain, right? And you have that timestamp date and you have that wallet and then you come in that community and you verify it with my network and all these other networks and you splinter off in the digital world, there's no such thing as a counterfeit anymore. There's no such thing as stolen property anymore. There's no such thing as seeing the art heist in the museum anymore because you have the original code. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Powers, and I want to thank you for joining me on the Fort Podcast today. This show is an open-ended discussion and journey covering real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and investing. I would love to hear from you by tweeting me at Fort Worth Chris on Twitter. Hey, guys, it's Chris. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Fort. I have Van and Chris with me today. And we have one of the most insane discussions I've ever had on this podcast. We're talking about NFTs. I didn't know what an NFT was, hell, a month ago. And all of a sudden, it's taken over social media. I hear about it all the time. And so I reached out to these guys on Twitter and we became friends. And we said, well, let's just do an episode where we can figure, like you can help explain to me what is an NFT. And what you're about to listen to, if you're like me and, and approaching this for the first time, is is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, there was a spot about halfway through the episode where it finally started clicking what's happening. And it really is pretty enormous. Again, the future sounds really weird when you're listening to it for the first time. Um, but I think we're going to sit here in 10 years from now and the world will have totally shifted and NFTs is going to be a huge part of it. So... Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I have a lot more digging to do, and I think a lot of people will leave scratching their head, uh, wondering how to learn more about this. But uh, this was really fascinating. And thanks again to Van and Chris for making it happen. Van and Chris, welcome to the uh, show today. I'm pumped about today's episode. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, man, thanks for having us. We're so glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's just start out with the most basic of the basic question. What is an NFT, a non-fungible token? Chris or me? You guys, you guys just take it however you want it. Yeah, sure. So I'm still, I'm still like really new to this. So I, I'm sure Van may have a better explanation. But the best way that I could explain NFTs, they're basically they're like digital trading cards that are down to that that retain their value over time and they're just kind of being traded on this space but you know it's obviously way more uh, complicated than that i'm sure ben will be able to explain a little bit better so for me you know this word is like a very broad term now right it's kind of like when you go in the beginning of the class and the apple was green but by the time it got to the end it's like three million things and so for me the nft is just a utility token it's something that's a vehicle to attach to something else to take you other places. Right now, the best use case that I can find for myself to where I can wrap my head around it is with digital art. And the reason why is because since Thanksgiving, I've been researching this topic. I've been noticing how people are dumping thousands of dollars into it. And I couldn't believe that it was just for the imagery. And it's not. 
It's for the fact that you have a utility that's allowing you to grab a digital asset. And the best use case right now happens to be art and artists. As we evolve, we will find more use cases. But the fact that everybody's trying to rush into this whole madness and trying to sort it all, it's not going to work like that. And that's why you have people getting pulled different directions, you know. But yes, as of right now, kids in the video games, they've been collecting NFTs their whole life. Parents need to check their kid's wallet. I mean, they've been collecting NFTs, their digital assets. All we are doing now is providing a use case for adults to fall in love with this. How how did y'all even get in? Like, how did you get into this? You said this started for you in November, Chris. I don't know when you got into it, but it seems like the whole world is just now hearing it. When I hear that, it means the the early adopters have probably been doing this for a couple of years now leading into this. But how did this become part of y'all's lives? So I got into NFTs maybe just maybe two two months ago or so. I had a really good friend. She just came to me and was like, look, this is like a whole new space that's starting up. And we got these things called non-fungible tokens, and they're really taking off right now. You should look into it because there's a huge artistic world behind it. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then that turned into like this huge rabbit hole of information. I'm still learning stuff to this day. But I initially got into it with the cryptocurrency kaboom, like because it's getting really huge right now. We got Bitcoin. It just graced $50,000 today. Uh, Ethereum's doing awesome. We got all these, you know, cryptos doing really great right now. So I started getting into all that. And then that's kind of how I got into it. But then I saw the artistic side of it. And that's what really got me excited. And um, and I've been doing art for about 20 years now, 10 of which has been one of the greatest rides of my life. And I figured it was the perfect approach. We got we got an artistic community. We got, a, you know, not NFTs. And then I just decided to put it all together. I love it. That's, that's what's happening here is you have Twitter turning into a robust style chat room style of messaging where it happens in a rapid rate like you couldn't believe. People are starting to put two and two together, but they don't have enough time to explain it to everybody. So what I've been doing is I've been funneling it in and watching it from abroad with my artist, which I've been using in the startup world with graphic design and web icons and digital apparel brands. His name is L Rock. And L Rock, Ephraim, was an artist like everybody else. And I had an idea with the NFTs and the digital art, which was a complete, it was just kids, but adults. I mean, Chris, I would lie to you if if you could ask anybody in our community. We have talks about locking your phone up in the bathroom so you can go to sleep. That's how addicting it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, we can't. I, I have barely gotten any sleep since I started this. Like, you I think anybody. Yeah, anybody that's in this space right now, it's evolving so fast that you gotta like you guys just gotta be keeping up with it the whole time. It's basically my whole day keeping up with news, um, just connecting with people. That's that's the biggest part of it. Like it, NFTs are awesome, but I think the community is what brings it all together. Like Twitter is just huge right now. We got Instagram that's coming up on all this. I, I personally am on Twitter more than anything, but I see so many people just connecting and sharing their art and sharing more news. And I think over time, it's just going to be really robust robust, and just only going to get bigger from here. Is that where the best community is? Is on Twitter? Or is it on Reddit? Or are there other places on the internet that uh, people should be? I, I'm only familiar with Twitter. Okay. Uh, I know Instagram is pretty good too. I don't really know from there, but I, I'm pretty much all day on Twitter. That's And, and that takes up most of my time because it is just constant, <laughs> constant yeah. news all the time. Yeah. And as time progresses, 
you will find more smart people, find better use cases. But right now, NBA Top Shots is reeling in basketball lovers. They are doing digital card packs the same way as artists are. Artists are taking a very volatile market, which are charts for traders, and you are now storing your value inside of artists that are catapulting and rising to the top of the next digital age. And based off of how they build in the community and build their leadership, that is how they're going to grow and gain dominance in this community. And the UFC is coming. The WWE will be here. This thing will revive people's careers, but it will all be collected as digital assets. And the crypto art community is the first community who's finding the actual use case. Because I'm telling you now, you come for the money. Everybody does. But what you find out is you fall in love with the art and then you stay for the tech and the community. And that's just how it happens, man. And you turn in from a, and you're just, dude, you're changing your life, man. They're making you a better person just from the kindness of the community. It's something so crazy. You'll never see anything like it again. And I'm sure it's probably going to be regulated and I'm sure people are going to have a problem with it. But until then, this is what decentralized Web3 and everything that you have heard about this is what it is. Does the NFT have to be only for digital assets or could you put an NFT on like the Mona Lisa, a real painting and confirm that that is the real painting? Does it is it only for digital assets or is it for physical assets too? It can be for both and actually it's turning into uh, a music thing too. We got Euler Beats that's coming up really big on all that. But back to your Mona Lisa thing. Yeah, um the owner the, the museums of the, the Mona Lisa could totally just take a picture of it, digitally scan it, and turn it into an NFT, and it could definitely live on this space. And what's cool about it is that it's tied to the owner, so we will always know the original creator yeah. of the NFT. Think about this, Chris. When you watch something like a Pawn Stars, they're always calling in those historians or those professionals to come analyze certain pieces of art, right? And yep. based off of that human decision, which has a lot of flaw and error in it. I don't care how good your eye is. You leave room for something called counterfeit. When you introduce something like an NFT in the blockchain and you get that digital stamp on the blockchain, which is transparent for everybody to see because it's public domain, right? And you have that timestamp date and you have that wallet. And then you come in that community and you verify it with my network and all these other networks and you splinter off in the digital world. There's no such thing as a counterfeit anymore. There's no such thing as stolen property anymore. There's no such thing as seeing the art heist in the museum anymore because you have the original code. So let me ask you this question. I'm going to try and add, this is where I get like, I'm still learning this. And then I'm going to, we're going to talk about Chris's recent sales, but let's just say you have this piece of digital art and it's the NFT and you can verify that that's the original piece of digital art. Well, the way that digital works, it's like a meme. It's like anybody can have the meme on their phone. If everybody has a screenshot of that piece of art, is it really that valuable? Like you can't you can't mass distribute the Mona Lisa, but you can mass distribute like a, a piece of digital art. This is where my ha- head explodes. What right. makes the one so valuable if everybody can have it virtually for free? Well, my my understanding of it is is yeah, you could totally take NanCat, uh, put it on your phone. What's, you can take you got to explain that after what's what NanCat is. Keep going, but I want to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, my my um, you can take you know you can take a photo of a really popular meme and save it on your phone and 
say you own it. And, you know, in a way you do have a piece of it. But uh, with NFTs, like I said, I said a few minutes ago, um, it actually ties to the owner. And so it validates that that very specific piece. So let's say, you know, you take your photo of your cat, you, you turn it into an NFT. Everybody will know that this is your photo. You're the owner and you have you know, you have the full control over this one particular piece. Um, other people, they just they just share it. They just get to they just get to enjoy the photo as well. But only one person, or you know, honestly, NFTs can also be multiple owners. You know, they can be shared. But normally, it's it's like a one on one piece, and you can know exactly who the owner is. Uh, so if I buy what what's in cat. Uh, Niancat. So Niancat's um, kind of a, it's like a big project that I've been doing for about 10 years now. It's basically a cat with a, a breakfast pastry body that flies through space with rainbows coming out of it. Um, I originally posted it on Twitter 10 years ago this year. So we're actually on the 10th year anniversary. And uh, it just took off. It just like exploded on the internet. It's become this huge worldwide no name thing. And that's, that's what it is. And I that's kind of what got me into this community because I just saw the artistic side of it. And Nancat's always Nancat's always been downloaded by people and, and been shared. I've actually had issues with um, companies before trying to steal my work. So NFTs were a great way for me to actually um, own my brand. Sorry, my cat's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, um, huh? There he is. All right. So protected at all costs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that was my way to get into the space. That was my way to kind of like fully claim ownership of my work. And it's been, I think it's been a huge success. I think it's actually introduced me to a lot of new people. A lot of, I've made a whole bunch of new friends to this and it's been fantastic. But yeah, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it all got started with me. Just knowing that I can make an NFT, I could keep all my rights. I can basically let the world know that, hey, this piece right here, I created it. I'm the original artist and it's, you know, it's my pride and joy and you could own it if you want it. And that's kind of why I got into Can it. only one person own it or do people like license it or pay? I can pay like five bucks a month to have access to that art or what are the different um, ways you can monetize it? Well, so I, I, I'll just go to the general, you know, gen general stuff of entities and, and uh, you know. In general, but um, normally you can just make a an edition one copy. That's what I did. Only one copy of this specific image will ever exist that I made. Um, but there are other ways to do it. You can make an NFT with different editions. So you can make maybe a hundred versions if you wanted to, or two hundred. You know, however however you want. There's also airdrops, which what I believe is you only have a specific amount of time to get it. Uh, I'm still kind of new to airdrops, so I'm not sure the specifics on that. But there's, there's many ways to do it, but you get full control on who, uh, of how many copies exist of this piece that you're deciding to make. Got it. I want to I take you back to what you said, because it's a very, very, very important question in our community and our culture. You said, what stops me from snapshotting it and copying it and putting it everywhere, correct? Right. That is what we want you to do. That is called super free growth marketing for us. And let me tell you why. Nobody can do anything with what you are seeing unless you purchase the actual minted item that was created on the blockchain. You have to create a collector account using a decentralized wallet and you have to engage in trading and purchasing the actual file. 
We don't care if you snapshot, right click, copy, save, show your mama, show your grandmama. Do it, please. Because what you're doing is you're giving that collector free marketing. And what we're doing, Chris, or what I am doing is I'm taking my artist that worked with me through a certain different style of living where we are. Physical brands are going to be collaborating with the artist and they're going to be submerging their brand in a digital adventure with somebody who's being collected and has status in the community forever. And then big brands to drop collaboration pieces. Listen, we haven't got to Supreme and artists yet. We haven't got to Coca-Cola and artists yet. We haven't got to startups and artists yet. When they figure out that somebody like... Uh, Disney. Once Disney gets in the game... It's let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me plug an artist real quick. Let's say Banksy. somebody like Pac. Pac. No, 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 no. Banksy has no, he has no, he has no clout here yet until he comes to the digital realm, right? Actually, Banksy, actually Bam just said you have no clout. I, 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 <laughs> I said that. I said that because listen, baseball players, NFL players, everybody, Gary V, Gary, listen guys, Gary V is humbling himself down to a level to come through the community and learn the players. These rappers and celebrities and people creating nfts and just going to their fan base they're rushing in and they're they're exposing their brand and they're losing a lot of value because if you come back and you collaborate with somebody like a fuck render or a pack or these people that are crazy big in the digital realm your brand is going to skyrocket like you wouldn't believe because you're doing something called creating digital history that's the end goal for nfts and artists is the hunters the people you used to hire for your brand for your product are now the hunted. They're going to have to come back through the other side. Digital creators rule the internet. And that's what you're seeing. So if I buy Nyan Cat, what do I do with it? Uh, well, there's a whole bunch of ways you can actually, you know, display it. There's actually VR museums where you can go in and make entire worlds of NFTs. I've been to a few of those and they're just, they're amazing. They're, where are um, they? They're everywhere. Well, I don't know the names right now, but I know that there's just like a whole bunch of galleries. You, you buy plots of land and then you can just display all your artwork. I know there's a lot of big time artists that are actually getting into that space. And um, and when you say plots work. of land, the real land, not like digital land. No, it's no. digital land, at least digital for now. Land. Oh, digital, digital land. land. OK. Yeah, it's, it's all currently in the digital space and, it, and it's going to it's going to evolve into like VR space. I'm I'm pretty sure. But you can you know, you can do that. And then there's. um. There's all these websites and platforms where you can actually display your collections as well. Like I'm currently on Foundation, which um, which is very great, you know, grateful for joining. But there's other platforms like OpenSea, Rarible, um, Super Rare, and NiftyGate. And there's there's just a whole bunch of communities where you can just display your NFTs in kind of like in a profile page so people can see all your stuff. And also this stuff is tracked on the Ethereum network. There's a big block blockchain that's associated with it. So people get to see, can see it being traded. They'll know exactly where it is at all times. They'll know, they may not know who owns it because sometimes there's anonymous accounts like uh, Nancat, the person that actually bought Nancat from me, he's an anon anonymous person. So he doesn't, you know, it's kind of a mystery who he is right now. But you know, there's other people that love to just proudly show their work. And it's what kind did of, he it's pay? Kind of cool. What did he pay you for Nancat? So I put Nancat up on foundation about 
I want to say about two weeks ago on a 24 hour auction. It was a, just a one piece, you know, like a one of one piece NFT. I basically recreated it for the anniversary because the original was kind of like a little messed up in my opinion, but I made it, I cleaned it up. I put it up there. Uh, after 24 hours, the bidding actually extended, but at the end of the day, it sold for what amounted to 300 ether, which is about $550,000 just for, <laughs> for my piece of art. But basically, <laughs> thank you. But you know, it's, it's, you're, you weren't just buying the art, you're buying the culture behind it. It's been a huge thing on the internet for 10 years. So this person bought Nyan Cat knowing that it was, you know, it was a huge phenomenon. And he, this person bought in just trusting the brand and trusting that it will hold value in the future and just get more valuable as time goes on. And you have no idea who it was. Do you have it? it that was one of my questions today. Like, who's buying all this stuff right now? Young uh, kids? I mean, any, uh, anybody that has 550 anybody. grand probably isn't some young kid. Maybe, no. maybe it is. But when I think of 550, I'm thinking of, you know, older folks, you know, later guys, in their careers, who, who's buying this shit? Guys, they're guys, they're out here buying stuff for 2 million, but keep oh, going. yeah, 6 million more than that. <laughs> 6 million. Yeah. Well, so, so a lot of people have been, I've been into the Ethereum network for years now. So like, you know, back when Ethereum was super cheap, there's people that loaded up and now those people are the big money whales that are in the space right now, making everybody's lives change overnight. Um, so that's kind of what it is. It, it may not have been necessarily somebody who had exactly that much five hundred fifty thousand dollars for my work. He may have had it. He may have bought it. You know, a long time ago. You know, it, it all depends on the person. I know I don't really know what the story is behind that, but it's it's just kind of like that. It's kind of like stocks and cryptocurrency and how they just change in value over time. Yep. Bas basically, the same thing you were doing when you were a kid, when you were valuing football cards and you were valuing your comics that had the same type of value we have. Mm -hmm. What you're seeing, Chris, is you're seeing smart people who are scooping up and birthing who is who in a community based off of leadership, based off of style, and they're birthing the value and, in a sense, scooping digital gold. Most of these players are venture capitalists. Most of these players are vice presidents at different companies. They buy these things because it's simple. Look at your kids. They're buying these swords and these ghouls and these goblins, which are these digital assets and video games that get they get demolished at the end of the day. And parents are now seeing the same use case happen to them because they're able to see the value. But here's the thing. You collect them for emotional um, because it strikes emotion in you. You collect them because you want to support them. You collect them because they're kind. And then you collect them because there's value, because you see them building and you see them rising. So when you have them in your collection, Chris, the reason why you want to collect his piece is because now when you flex that collection in the back end of whatever somebody's building, you're going to be able to have somebody come and say, you know what? Man, I love that cat. My daughter loves that cat. Can I buy that cat for $3 million? And you're going to say, no, you can't. You can't. And, and listen, and, and listen, CryptoPunks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say CryptoPunks is a very good example. 10,000 art images that were given away for probably free, I believe, at, in 2017 that are selling for two to three to four million. And I read a tweet and it, and it was really simple. It's like this. The same reason you buy Rolexes and Porsches and things like that in a physical realm is the same reason why somebody has a CryptoPunk as their avatar in the, in the digital realm. You're showing your worth and your value 
to the world. And there's only 10,000 of them. I think the important thing that most people don't wrap their heads around is that the pieces do retain value. Yeah, like somebody bought Nyanket for $550,000, but he could hold on to it for a few years and then resell it again for millions. I have a perfect example of this. So Beeple right now, he's one of the top NFT artists right now. Um, I want to say about I want to say about six months ago, I'm still <laughs> not sure. Uh, somebody bought a piece from him for about what amounted to $600,000. And I just heard that recently they were able to sell it for several million dollars. I want to say $6 million. So these things aren't just something you own and then you just, and then that's it. They are actually they retain their value over time. And it's kind of based on the artist and it's based on the community. Evolution. Evolution. It's kind of like the stock market. You know, you, you believe in it, it goes up. You don't believe it, it goes down. So obviously, you know, pieces can, can rise in value. Pieces can go down in value. Uh, I know that Lindsay Lohan, she came out with an NFT a few, few weeks ago and <clears throat> somebody bought it, but then they resold it really cheap. Uh, so... It just goes up and down. The value will always change, but it will be held. With and, the, and the reason why they did that was because she came at the community all incorrect, came for a cash grab, and people aren't trying to see those things. Listen, you have to come in through the culture. You have to know the players. You, they know what you're doing. They can smell you a mile away, right? Yeah. So if, if you're going to come and think about Chris, for example, he had one neon cat, right? But now he has more, and he's in the middle of the bid right now. He is an evolving artist. He is adding value to that first scoop. If he continues this mission with his cat, and you create 100 of these being traded, what does that do? What does that do for the first person who scooped that first piece? Now, listen, if Chris goes to bed and he doesn't create anything anymore, you might be right. He might have to hold it for 10 years. But if Chris keeps creating this cat, and he ends up landing a bigger brand because he is selling himself like I am selling for my artist or other people are selling for their brands. Man, the second you land somebody like a Post Malone and you submerge him in a five-piece series the correct way, it's over for everybody who collected you prior. So I have so many questions. God, this is fucking fascinating. <laughs> if you... Welcome. Sold, like, Welcome. If you... If you <laughs> I, I, one of my questions is how do I come in the community the right way? Van, you said you were gonna you were gonna bring me in. I, do I need a red carpet? How, how do you? Come I've, in? Alre I've already I've already tweeted you out, but but I'm gonna tell you like this, and I'm I'm gonna be totally honest, and you're gonna see this in your podcast, hopefully in these comments when I send the freaks here. But it's like this: <laughs> you're not going to come and be a Chris if you don't have ten years of history prior to you. I'm yeah. telling you right now. And if you're not coming in here and building with the correct players, everybody's kind. Everybody's an artist. Everybody knows what they're doing. you got so many smart freaking people. You come to those collectors and you try to be crazy and, and look at my art. Look at man. You're so blacklisted. You have no idea. But I'm telling you right now, if you come in there with the kindness, if you come in there correctly, if you do your homework, I did 200 days of homework almost before I ever stepped foot or said anything about NFT, you, you, you will wreck yourself thinking you know it all before you just come peddling. It doesn't matter who you are. Baseball so what did you mean by player? Gary V's humbling himself and going down deep? Did, did he make a mistake out the get-go, realized it, and now he's changed game plan? Or did he know that that was the course of path from the beginning? 
He is such a smart guy in the tech world that he understood. When I say he humbled, I'm saying this, and I'm plugging him right now. Gary V doesn't have to do join clubhouses with artists. Gary V doesn't have to come and humble himself down. The reason why is because he is a trader at heart. He is a collector at, at heart. He's not coming to make crazy ac- accusations and assumptions and create a Gary V gift that's walking down the aisle to make a cash grab. He could if he wanted to, but he's not because he's smart enough to know that there's something so much larger at play. And it's the same reason why I created a community media platform and sink all my time into it and have sold out to everything I know. Because listen, I want in but I want in the right way. I want to learn about you. I want to know about you. I want to support you. I want my artists to support you. I want you to support my artists. I want this to be for real because if everybody is for real, Chris, then then we have something brand new. But if you're out here shortcutting and you're out here jumping people and you're out here botting people, man, come on, we're all on the internet. You think we don't know what's going on? Yeah. Get real. Is there a leader of this community? Like in Bitcoin, it's Satoshi, this, you know, guy that nobody knows. Is there somebody like that the in the NFT artists, world? The best artists are the leaders in our community. So the there's so lots of people. Yeah, it, it's. I don't think there's like a one person as, as a leader. Um, I think it's just a lot of people spreading their voices around and, you know, like leadership. Like with leadership. The NFT freaks over here, you know, we got... he's he's constantly on here every day just every like every hour i see tweets just come in and then they're always so passionate like this passion is real i'm not i'm not even yeah like i see it all the time that's what that's why i saw him and i was like i need to talk to this guy (laughs) but um i want to add one thing real quick sorry to cut y'all off i just want to say this is my first time on 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 this stuff and i've just and i'm like look man i'm telling you right now man if you come just experience it for a little bit and, and, and the collectors of the space who spend the money are the leaders, the artists in here who are making that money, they're the leaders and it trickles down in a leadership form and you're going to build and support. Listen, if you're walking in a jungle and people are chatting and commuting and, and they're already, the best thing you can do is start helping out, picking up some baggage, support and throwing links, putting it out there, loving people. Hey, yo, kind. you know, this is AOL all over again through Twitter. Twitter's winning the battle because they're so quick at the burst at the rates of the messaging, right? And you can network so fast. And and what I mean by the baseball players and the Gary V's is they're smart people that figure out that you can come and burn the entire community with one piece real quick. It'll be your last time. Or, man, you can really work this out if you're a real artist and you understand how it works here. Man, you can be here for so long, it's unreal. And if we all stick together, guys, we're going to bring in the biggest brands we're going to we're going to usher in digital collectibles like you have never seen. It's a, it, your kids will be working at Decentraland and the stores and the lands that these people are buying. They're not going to be working at at Walmart. I'm telling you now. So a guy like me, never been an artist, obviously just sitting on the sidelines watching this unfold, and I say, you know what? I'm going to sell my company and I'm going to get into this world. And there's probably lots of people you know, maybe not selling their company, but they're sitting on the sidelines and you've said, you know, you had to have a 10 year history and you had to be, how does the average Joe get into this world with respect? Do they have to wait 10 years? Do they have to create some badass piece of art that everybody validates as cool as shit? Like how do, how does Chris Powers get into this world if he wants to get in? Art, 
Art is always going to get you through the door, but you have to pay attention where the art drops are when it's time to show your art. It's a mannerism thing. You don't overstep anybody. You have so many chances in this community to help, to be seen, but you have to do it the right way. And you know what happens? I'm going to tell you something. There's artists who understand, again, what's at play by doing their homework. They feed you their art slowly, which is their craft that they're so in love with and what they represent and want people to collect. But then at the same time, they show you how they build and support, you know. And for instance, I came with my artist and we came with five pieces. On the fifth piece, the guy's almost, you know, having to go out on a limb for his art because there's no time to build in between. So everybody doesn't know what you're doing. You know how many scams are out here on the blockchain, man? You can't just come and, and, and just show art and sell art and then take your art and then take your money. People are going to be like, you know what? Forget that guy. What's what's in it for the community or the value or the proposition value? And it's a slow paced race. You come in, you you find the players, you like them. It's, it's digital flirtation. That's the best way I can do it, man. You know, you don't go meet anybody the first night and just take them home and you ramp. No, no, no. You, you, you have dinner. You, you date a little bit. You know, then you, then you slide in the DM. I mean, it's just simple manners. <laughs> you wind them, wind them, dine them. Yeah. Uh, no. Um. <laughs> I mean, if you're legitimately for real, you don't have any type of hidden agendas, and they can be seen online. Chris, you're a you're a VC or an investor, right? Are you telling me you don't see crazy people who are like, check my deck, let me see your email, let me see. Come on, man. There's a there's a way to get to me, right? For sure. When you when you kept saying my artist, you're not the artist, you're like an agent for an artist. I am a I came with an artist who didn't understand what was at play. But he's great at art, right? But give me one second. Hold on. That's yeah. fine. Um so I want to go back to the whole like normal Joe entering the space sort of thing. Yep. Um, so I'm still new to it. So I can kind of share my experience with it. Okay. Um, I know my, my, it's a little unique what I got going on. But what I've seen is, you know, just first of all, jump in, check out, uh, at least with me, like I go on Twitter all the time and I check out the NFT hashtag. I just connect with people. I talk to people. People message me. I message back. You know, stay respectful. Try to stay kind. You know, obviously don't jump into things that you're not sure of but everybody will see if you connect with them if you retweet their stuff they will be so grateful because you can just totally make their day like i've totally retweeted stuff and then stuff gets bids instantly and those are just you know normal artists they don't really have a loud voice i've been very lucky to have the the base that i have so like i'll put something out and then within minutes somebody gets a bid and then they're like thank you so much like i totally have been sitting on this, you know, like, and and that feels, it just feels good to do that kind of yeah. thing. But, you know, just, just don't try to, don't try to blast into the space thinking that you're going to make a million dollars right away. It's a big, it's a slow and steady climb where you have to network, you have to talk to people, you have to get followers, you have to put yourself out there basically. And that's kind of how this community is slowly being built up right now. All the people are, are just still getting their place in the ground and it's 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 just kind of an evolving process at this moment. Let me let me let me just go back to explain this because this is a big deal too for probably people thinking this. I come from my Ephraim Rock L Rock is an established artist on Instagram for independent comics, game titles, and tons of other apparels and brands. I've been selling and managing his work for years in the startup realm. 
This guy is an artist who doesn't understand what's at play here. This guy is hovering over every single message, every single connection. Our WhatsApp threads go for freaking ages. You are changing this guy's life. The only difference is he doesn't have the social know-how to build everything and run the algorithms and do what he needs to do to be seen. And I suggest anybody who's making enough money in this game, they better start getting a creative team because how are you going to separate your next drops, your next creative vision for the next persons? There's enough money here that if you're smart enough, you better start building experiences that people or minds are going to be blown. And there are artists out here who do have these teams that are giving you experiences that are like video games. And when you see them, it's not just one person you're bidding on. You're bidding on a piece of work now that has encapsulated almost six or seven people's hourly wage in one piece of art, man. So when you buy that piece of art, you're, you, I'm not saying anything to smaller artists, but if you're going to start making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars here, and you think you're going to still come at this solo, there's going to be other people who are going to build so freaking fast and big on top of you. And what I'm doing is I'm building community resources that are blockchain products. NFT Freaks is on is on a trajectory to be the next world star of the NFT world. But world, world star is charging $8,000 a post on Instagram if you haven't noticed that. If you think for one second I won't be charging that when I get to two or three million, you're highly mistaken. You bet your tail I will be. <laughs> and, 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 and what's happening here is, is that community platform is taking that whole mess that I'm telling you about, this world you asked me about, and I'm the first person that's aggregating that. And 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 L Rock, he's powering that with his art and his capital. He pays for that. And he pays for me and he pays for other people. So when you bid on his art and you see him out there and he says, my art has value, he's not lying to you. He's just brand new and people don't understand that yet. So I'm not going to sit around and, and wonder when you need a management team or we're not going to ask if you, no, 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 no. We're going to be here racing to the next digital age. And if you want to collect this work, here's what's attached to it. I was also going to mention like, yeah, there's a lot of big players in this game and yeah, like there's big teams behind a lot of this stuff, but like, for example, me, I'm just the one person here. I'm putting stuff out all the time. You don't need anybody. Yeah. You don't really need anybody. Like I've seen most of these people out here are, we're all kind of in the space together. And a lot of these people, they're just, they started up. They sometimes just had enough money to get their stuff minted because you need, uh, you need some Ethereum for the gas fees to actually put your piece out there on the blockchain. So like, yeah, you have big teams that are, that are racing to get to the top, but you also got little people too. And sometimes those little people, once they get noticed, they just they, overnight, they become millionaires. It's, it's fascinating how it all changes like that. Everybody gets a shot because listen, Chris, back back to you real quick. If if I run a community that only favorites my artist, I'm cutting him out of a whole different picture. I'm Ephraim is going to be a leader in the community of the space and he's going to help every single person he can, but he has his own brand to build. I have a first brand coming trickling down. People are noticing that there's people that are crashing brands left and right, and they are noticing people who only have five pieces at 20k we're not in a rush to go mint another piece we're not in a rush to go mint he could go on his instagram and mint 500 pieces if he wanted to like these guys but he doesn't choose that because in his mind his hustle his way this is what he feels he should do i mean and 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 this is a shameless plug sorry he just minted a piece for jesus 
He minted a piece for Jesus and the proceeds will be bid on by our team. And all that money will get pumped back into artists that are hustling out there. I don't care what your art looks like. If you're hustling and I see you out here 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. like I am and like Ephraim is constantly from Malaysia, I don't want to hear no excuses. But if I see you out there, I'm going to bless your account like how they blessed us. I'm going to bless people. Every single time Ephraim sells a piece, we're blessing the community. That's how we roll. I can't speak for other people. God damn. If we had five hours to record this episode, it would just go on forever. There might be a part two. All right. I'm going to ask a dumb question. How do you create the NFT? Like you go on the internet or you go on Adobe or something and create the art. And then is there a website that you just attach the the token to? Or like, how does that happen? And again, you're probably listening to this question going, God, this guy's such a dumbass. No, it's a, it's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so you can create it anyway. Like there's, you can just take a photo and put it up. I actually had somebody the other day, he took a photo, a blurry photo of his leg and he turned it into an NFT. You can like any piece of art can turn into an NFT and you can put it on the blockchain. You can use art. You can use whatever medium you have, whatever you are comfortable with. Basically, this is the wild, wild west. There are no. How rules. do you how do you put it on the blockchain though? Do you go to a certain website and attach the photo to something? So no. So yeah. You, so basically, all right. So this is good. Me, this is good. Come on, Chris. So, uh, <laughs> so do what you know. Like if you're a photographer, take a photo. If you're an artist, use whatever you got. Make whatever you want, and then you jump onto one of the platform spaces. You'll need like a, first you'll need like a a, a, a wallet. Uh, I personally use, um, well, I use MetaMask, but there's other wallets out there. Uh, and you connect to those websites, you sign up, then you're able to upload your work. Just kind of kind of like a like an image, a video, and we're getting to music now. Just, just literally upload your work. And then you'll have to um, get it into the minting process where you put, put a little bit of Ethereum down to get it into the blockchain itself. So it's it's really confusing at first, but once you get your first piece minted, it just makes sense after that. It's it's it just it's just a lot of words that sound really confusing at the end of the day. There, but, there, but, but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, real quick. There are there are no rules. It's the wild, wild west. It's the blockchain. That's what everybody loves about it. You know, yes, it's dangerous. Yes, you can get fished. Yes, you can do a bunch of crazy stuff. Be careful. But let me tell you this. You get invited to the marketplaces because established artists who have great art are going to be accepted first. People who have hustle, people who have brands, people who are coming with the fire and the fuel and can prove that just like a pitch deck in your email, they are going to get on those marketplaces first. That is why this world is so interested right now, because all you have is badass art. And if you can't get accepted to those marketplaces, because there are packed up for 6,000 applications, because everybody in America is running, there are open places that are going to be harder. They're going to be from the bottom of the mud. But listen, man, if you have kindness, if you have hustle, and if you have freaking art, you're going to make it, man. I can't tell you how long those three take for you. It could be your art tonight. It could be your hustle tomorrow. It could be your support next week. But if you add those three and put that time behind that labor, you're going to get those bids and you're going to get your art sold. But if you think for one second, you're going to mint a piece. And that's earlier what I was saying about Chris. Chris didn't have to do that because one of his leverage for his hustle was 10 years of prior history. So it was easier. You know, but there are people who don't have that leverage. They're not going to. You can't get mad at Chris for that. That's just him and his life. 
If you come and admit Babe Ruth's baseball, you're allowed to, brother. You you got that. So my thing is, is everybody has their own hustle. There are no rules. And if you make it look fabulous and you get people interested, you're going to get a bid and you're going to sell. But if you think you're just going to run circles and just, here's my art, here's my art, here's my art, here's my art. Dang, nobody's buying me. Oh man, what the F? I can't do this. And then I look at your tweets and the time spans 27 minutes. Get the hell out of here. Dude. There's people out here who can't even been asleep for months. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't gone. Uh, ever since I got in this space, I've only slept maybe like 20 hours. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Okay, you sold the cat. If yes. I buy the cap from you, can I tell you, hey, dude, you can't ever you can't ever make another iteration of that cat again. I now own the cat. Or do you have to sell it under the conditions of, you know, you own this cat, but I can make a hundred iterations of it going forward? Like what what from my perspective keeps things to where I don't buy something for six hundred grand and then you go make the same thing the next day and sell it again? All right. So that is that's a really complicated but good question. So, all right. So I'm going to go back to my example with the ANCAT um, and NFTs in general. So NFTs, you actually get to keep the copyrights. So you get to keep all the rights unless you specifically state in the in the contract or whatever you do that you are giving some rights away. So with my art, I actually am retaining all the rights. I can still keep making stuff if I want to. However, I know how I just know how collectibles work. I've been collecting Pokemon cards. I've been collecting Beanie Babies. Like I, I know how this works. And if you put too much stuff out there, it totally destroys the value. So whenever I made Yancat, I made, it was basically a promise. This is the only version of the original piece that's ever going to exist. Um, like I based it on my original video, which has currently 106 million, sorry, 186 million views. And when I put it out there, I was like, this is the only version of this one that I might use. I might use it in future works, but it will never look like the original. It'll always, I will always keep the value separated. I'll make sure that the original has, you know, retains its uniqueness. And from there on, I do have other characters that I do plan on releasing in the future, but they're all going to be vastly different. You're going to be able to look at both of them and go, okay, these are two different characters. And that's, and a lot of people are doing that. Like they're, they're, they're getting into the collectible games. Like I know, uh, Turkey Pepe, he, uh, this person makes, Pepe's these it's like a frog character with a big butt and it's twerking the whole time. And it's basically the same character, but he'll like he'll change it up. He'll put, you know, he'll put a hat on it. He'll add different features, different colors, and then you can differentiate and then collect them. And then people trade them around. And that's what a lot of people are doing with collectibles. We got the crypto punks, which are basically like a little pixel face of, of a character, but they have different features. And those features have different rarities and different values. And that's where it that's where people really, really get into collecting. Just the fact that everything stays unique and you know, and it's tied to you. And when you own it, you can know that this is your piece. You know, that you own this piece. Nobody else can own it unless you sell it. But um, you, you know, a good artist will make the promise that they won't that they won't just put the same one out again. And and that's what that's where the value goes. If I was to make another one right now, if I was to drop a second identical Nancat, I would just I would don't think I would ever be able to show my face in this. Yeah, your reputation like, would get destroyed. Would that makes sense. Yeah. That's what I wanted to add in there. Listen. That makes sense. You can you can do whatever you want because you are the beauty of the beholder of whatever hustle you're bringing to the table. And there are no rules of how you get there. It's just like startup land. Every artist is his own coin and his arts are a share in his economy. 
the more and more people that buy into his hustle and his vision, they're going to grow with him because that's what they're betting on is going to take over the game. Now, listen real quick. If you buy something from somebody and you validate it with this community that I was telling you about that you need to identify who is who, and you start building that web, it happened the other day. You can go on my timeline. Somebody copied somebody's work and he was ousted immediately. I had 25 DMs in my account. Oh, Why do you was think it the, I was have it the toilet? The toilet guy? No, that's a different guy that we'll get oh. to. But it was a guy who it <laughs> was a guy, guy who listen, it was a guy who snapshotted somebody's Instagram work. Oh yeah. And they minted it. But listen, he had to come through my page because I've been building a media platform. And that's exactly why you want me in the community and support my page, because we are the type of people who are going to keep the policing and the activity going to say, uh-uh, check this one out. This guy's a fraud and he tried to fraud the game. And guess what? Like Chris said, you'll never be able to show your face, your wallet or your brand again. And last but not least celebrities are doing that they're doing that by minting a bunch of nfts because the word is cool and they're not understanding the collectible value they rush in grab a quick buck from their fan base with something that looks enormously ugly as hell and they lose out on value because they never went and teamed up with freaking fuck render or Murat pack or these other people that are freaking superstars we got a 16 year old kid chris 16 years old if i'm not mistaken his name is justin this kid is a badass. I'm going to send you his link when I'm off of this. I'm sorry. He is a badass guy. He's building. He's growing. He gets the bids. He's sharing. And he has awesome art. And if there's anybody that I want to tell you to start looking up, start with that guy. And there's nothing you can say about him. He don't have him. He's 16. What can you say? <laughs> so anybody can make it. Go ahead. We got We got seven-year-olds doing this kind of stuff. I've seen like... I've seen like children do stuff and then their parents digitize their work and put it up. There and then those, I've seen some, I've seen one particular girl. I think she's about seven. I don't know her name, but she's putting out artwork all the time. And that stuff is selling for, um, I want to say seven grand at there you least, go. every piece. And it all goes to her. It all, you know, it goes to her future. She's, she's going to be, she's set, you know, she's going to have a great life after this. And that's, that's the magic. Do you have to display the art somewhere? Like, is anybody buying this shit and just like hiding it and never showing the world? Yeah. Again? Like, would somebody buy InCat and be like, hey, I'm not going to show the world this for three years? Or do you do you kind of have to display it to help build the momentum? You, you, you want to display it. I mean, I know you is, want yeah. to. I'm just saying, what happens if you don't? But, I mean, if well, you don't, go ahead, yeah. Chris. Oh, no, uh, you could, like, uh, the guy... The person that bought my art, I have no idea who he is, and I haven't seen it displayed anywhere. So that's kind of a good example there. Somebody kind of put it, They you can actually put NFTs in cold wallets in a way and store them for later. And and it's kind of like, it's basically cryptocurrency kind of in a way. You're, you're storing it in the vault, and whenever you decide to release it later, you can totally do that. Uh, and that's kind of what's, what happened with my art. And, you know, that's still really cool. And why I'm asking is, a lot of people buy expensive art in the real world and just put it in their house and nobody ever sees it, but they're willing to pay a fortune for it. it does that exist in the NFT world where it's like, look, I'm going to pay you 600 grand, but I don't want anybody else to see it again. I'm just going to look at it all day in my, on my own. Um, that that totally exists in this world. I've seen it happen. Um, but again, it depends on the person. It depends on the artist. You could totally display it anywhere. You can display it 
on a website if you want. Usually whenever you buy an NFT, it's automatically added to your profile that's on the platform. So like if you were to use Foundation, which is where I'm selling my artwork now. That's like a eBay marketplace for selling NFTs, Foundation? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, basically whenever you get on, on Foundation and put a piece up, you list the reserve price. So let's say you list it for one Ethereum, which is currently... Um, $1,600. I haven't checked this morning, but um, you put it up there. Somebody makes a bid. It starts a timer. And then that timer goes on for 24 hours. And then everybody gets to see it and everybody gets to bid on it. And whoever wins, they get to own the piece. And then when they own the piece, it goes to their profile. And then you can actually visit their profile because every transaction on this and on this website is tracked. Every bid, you can see every profile that's ever bidded. So like not, everything you do, can be can be seen by everybody else uh but people can take art and put it into cold storage and release it later uh i don't really know the specifics about that but i know it i know it has been done and it's just it just depends on who's buying and depends on the collector and how they want to show their work i know a lot of big time collectors like to store their stuff and then um, they have plans on doing something with it later so it's it's very very mixed out there you don't want to hide this, really, because the whole point is, is you're spending cars and houses on digital imagery, but you're wanting to showcase the whole entire thing. You're part of the puzzle to make this stuff work when you collect, okay? Because you're going to have a success story with the people that you've put your risk into, and they're going to be the ones that you're going to be able to see, like the 16-year-old kid or 17-year-old ferocious who just hit Forbes magazine, guys. I mean, that's a big deal for everybody who collected him and believed in him when he first joined Twitter as a 16-year-old kid trying to make art. This stuff is for real. When you get your collectors, you're gathering investors. These artists are out here. I don't care what anybody says. I'm right here telling you. These artists are out here creating Kickstarter campaigns to free themselves from the bondage of technology companies. That's what they're doing. You're assisting a creative mind into never relying on any other commissioned work to show you as as creative as possible as he can be. And those are the people creating the content on websites. Those are the people creating the ads that's capturing you on these social platforms. They rule. And when I mean this, I don't mean this in a defiant way. I mean this in a surreal, serious way. They rule the world and they rule the internet. And that's why they're worth tons of dollars is because Chris's cat, has been in Reddit threads and in subculture for years, text messages for years, on posts for years, shared in high school for years. He deserves to capture that in internet history. I love and guess it. what? And guess what? You deserve to own that when you spend that money. And you deserve and, and you deserve to show it off. Go ahead. Would it be weird if I had been the buyer of that? Somebody that, let's just say I had a lot of money. Uh, somebody the week before was like, hey, check out NFTs, go to foundation.com. I just go on, I bid, I, I 600 grand. And then the whole world's like, who the hell's Chris Powers? Yeah. Why did he buy that <laughs> Hell thing? yeah. Hell yeah. If, that, if anything, that'll put you on the map. Because yeah. like everybody's going to be like, you're the guy that spent What you do grand. it for? And I'll be like, hey, thank you so much. You know, like it, you're you're supporting my work in the process. So I everybody kind of wins in the end. And you can you, you can totally hold on to it if you want, or you could sell it the next day. Uh, the cool thing about NFTs is that a lot of the websites have uh, smart contracts involved, where if you were to sell the piece, the the original person that made the artwork would get a cut of that sale. And so that's another way to enrich the community and actually give attribution to the artist. So 
you want to trade these things around. You want to, you know, keep the value going. And you, you, there's, I know there's like a fine line in trying to, you know, like keep the value of a piece. But it's it's basically Pokemon cards. You're you're trading them. You're you're you know you're building your collection. You're showing off your collection. You can store your collection. You don't have to show your friends your collection. You can um, trade your collection, gift your collection, and. And yeah, it's just kind of going crazy from all that, all of that. Is it is a good bet then? Do NFTs only live on Ethereum? Like, if you were an investor, would you? Is this is this mean like buy Ethereum? Like, if if NFTs are just getting started and they all live on Ethereum, is like that's a good play? How, how do you think about that? No, there's different there's different coins coming. They're better. They have less already. gas. They have less gas. There's there's Rowry coins. There's different marketplaces. And if and that's what I'm trying to tell you. NFT is that utility word that means so many things, but it's a rush. It's a rush for you as an investor. And let me go back to that piece real quick about you buying. Somebody went and spent their whole entire hedge fund, and I know it was a hedge fund. They spent their money, and correct me if I'm wrong, they collected all the Beeple works. It's worth 20 million or something. What do you think they did that for? They got interviewed by every single media company. They got interviewed by all the all that clout, all the social following. All that is what you're paying for, man. You're able to show this as a symbol and your startup gains traction instantly if you're smart. Let me ask you this. We haven't even discussed this yet, but this is how far I am in this. What happens when companies give you their first digital mint and it's their logo? You can't do anything with it. You can't start your own company with it, but you can be the eye and the beauty of the beholder of something that nobody will ever have. And that company is going to be able to raise thousands of dollars because you purchased the Coca-Cola emblem and they made a hundred additions during Christmas. Come on, man. Are you crazy? They used to collect cups and trade them in our lives, but we're just getting older now. This is what your kids are doing in video games right now. They're purchasing things in apps that are destroyed and used and they're purchasing it with coins or they're purchasing it with Xbox Live points. And, and parents used to say, why is little Timmy doing that? And now they're coming and doing it because they didn't understand what was at play. But when I send you a, a, a when I send you a, a cool not neon cat or I send you a great something in internet culture, you're going to be as excited as your kids. Oh man, you can, I'm telling you, you see some of this art and you see their rise. I freaking go on my Twitter. I'm like tweeting. I'm like, man, this dude's a badass. I'm looking at my wife like, man, I might clear out the account of this guy. I mean, it's just, it's badass. So basically, I mean, and and again, I'm I'm treating this like I know just very little and I do. This is a shift in the world that digital asset, like when you just mentioned that, yeah, people have been collecting Coca-Cola mugs and like an old Coca-Cola license plate. And we've assigned value to that. Now it's a mentality that people need to grow into that the digital Coca-Cola coffee mug is just as valuable as the real thing that we've always touched and drinking out of. And, and it's this, it's getting your mind to understand that it, even though it's digital, it's like there's a world now that's starting to recognize it's like that has value. It doesn't have to be some physical product anymore. I want to ask you one simple question to everybody here. And I'm sorry, I just keep cutting everybody off, but it's just it's the homework. Listen, everybody, everybody says, everybody says, why would this be worth anything? Why would this be worth anything? Well, let me ask you a quick question. Send me your credentials to your Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Why not? What's it worth to you? It's just a digital ball, but it's worth something to you. You just don't understand that. 
and and you can go to celebrity accounts like Kim Kardashian right now and tell her, let me get your Instagram. You'd be, you'd be, you, it will, it's fake. All it is is just imagery, but she's built it up to a value and a class from her brand that there's something behind that. It doesn't cost anything to post on Twitter. It doesn't cost anything to post on Instagram. Those are free products. But how how come the same people that ask us about these images value these free tools? So 50 years from now, we're going to be old, but medicine's going to be great and health's going to be great. So we're going to live to be 300, so we won't be that old. But could we turn this podcast episode into an NFT when people are like, it's like an old book. It's like, look at these guys talking about NFTs like in the early days and we're 50 years down the road. Do I have to do I have to put this episode out on Spotify for the world to hear? Or could I turn it into an NFT and, and make people pay me to stream this kind of like, uh, assume it's just like that old history book that people love to collect and own. But these type of podcasts could become those things. This is the early days of NFT and 50 years from now, when kids are, you know, going around, they're going to go back and go, look at those guys, you know, talking about NFTs when it was first getting started. Aren't they crazy? Like, <laughs> could this become an NFT? Any Anything can. I would say in 50 years from now, we're going to have so much more technology after this. I think, you know, if NFTs go great, we're, it's going to be more of a, you're going to be in, in a virtual world situation where you can walk around and view this podcast in the NFT space. It'll kind of be like a ready player one situation, maybe, you know, where you you use your account, your your persona to look at videos, look at, listen to music. We're, we're still at the very early concepts of this, but you know, it's, it's kind of where things are headed with all that kind of stuff. We got VR coming up, we got music, we got all a whole bunch of new types of art coming out uh, for NFTs. Can there be fractional ownership of NFTs? I think so. Um, I mean, honestly, and it, it depends on the artist and it just kind of depends on how they decide to release it. I know there's teams involved. Actually, I'm doing some collaborations right now and um, I'm, I'm actually going to be working with Turkey Pepe and uh, uh, this awesome girl named uh, Christy Glass who makes Pixel Cats. And we're going to be working together. And I would say, you know, we're, we're going to share all of the success from that. So um, and the people that buy it, you know, they they can totally have their own shares if they wanted to. So I just wanted to talk about that time capsule thing. You could put anything in a video, anything into an image, anything. You can encapsulate time into anything you can mint. And then you can attach a physical so that you can have that same kind of transition or value into it. Again, if Coca-Cola comes, drops a five-pack series with the rising artist in our community and adds a one-of-a-kind limited edition, first of its kind because they have to birth themselves in a collectible, that thing's going to fetch money you've never seen in your life. Other brands are going to follow. We're just the first people doing it. And now if you think about everything we said, Think about the collectors who are birthing the value and the existence of this very thing we are talking about. They're not going to tell you what they're doing, but I'm going to tell you what they're doing. They're birthing who is who before the world comes in and they're adding a price tag to it. They know very well why they are here. They know very well why they are collecting the early players. They're not going to tell you that. But they're not coming spending 50 grand because your picture looks good. I can guarantee you that. They're coming to spend it because they know 10 years from now, and it's funny when I say this, but after you learn everything, 
They have digital gold, guys, just like the first people who collected people who just sold at Christie's for an unprecedented amount, right? For a dollar. They bought his stuff for a dollar. They turned it into $60,000, $70,000 off of a dollar. Okay? $150,000. $150,000 off of a dollar. It doesn't matter. They turned something from nothing into something by believing early. And the more and more that this continues to trickle out, the people, and you have to swim through the noise. You have to find those players. Some people are confused. Some people are this. Nobody is right or wrong in this space. We are all just trying to make it happen. But hey, man, Chris is freaking making it happen. You ought to listen to him. This guy, Elrock, he made it happen with five pieces. You ought to listen to him. That NFT Freaks has 1.9 million views in less than 15 days. You ought to listen to them. I mean, that's just all I can tell you. Where can I go look at NFT Freaks art? It's not, it's not art, my art. It's the community that I'm rallying together. If you pay attention to it in the fast speed burst and you come through it instead of coming through other people's things, you're going to be able to find real legitimate things happening. And I'm going to plug two other people real quick. I'm going to plug Maddie, which is DC4 blogger. And I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. And Lupify. Those two people are... They're not gatekeepers, but they're spending all their time educating people from a beginner to a professional level. You have to go to Maddie. You have to go to Loopify. I'm going to say it again. Maddie, just look for that. And Loopify, look for that. Okay. And we'll probably give you the links for you to put in the podcast. And then when you're ready, when you're ready to join the gauntlet, the bloody middle of the creation battle, that's when you come to NFT Freaks. NFT freaks is not anything that's beginner. It's not, it's, it's, it's ran to organize the madness for people to find everything happening. It's bringing in very significant. You don't understand who DMs me. I got freaking a Marcus Trill who messaged me yesterday, 6 billion people. The guy's the biggest influencer on the internet for the black community. He's watching us. We got Gary V. He's watching us. They know what's happening, but there's not enough time like this podcast to discuss it all. So I'm telling you right now, go to Loopify, go to Natty, and when you're ready, look at NFT freaks. And through those three people, man, you're going to find a whole new world. How'd y'all meet each other? Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I saw him tweeting all day, and I was like, damn, this guy has so much passion so i was like dude i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna talk to hit you up and like we just kind of hit it off we've been we've been good friends since and we've been he's been helping me a lot in this whole space and we we've just kind of been helping each other out going off each other and it's been pretty good let me tell you my experience with this guy real quick and i want to tell you how i, I really want to add this story sorry yeah before you know what he was worth because people are going to come based off of your worth it's public domain I'm reading about this freaking guy who just blew out this marketplace. And I started a freaking Facebook group because I'm busy with my artist and his, and his plan, right? And out of the first five people, there's this guy sitting in there. I never yeah, knew. Like I, right away. <laughs> I, never knew I, I never knew who he was. He respected me. I respected him from the get-go, from the get-go. Then I found out his value and his worth. So in this game... That's very detrimental because you don't know who's with you for your sales. 
and you don't know who's with you because they actually love you or like your movement or like what you have going on. I guarantee you, and I don't want to speak for Chris, but there's hundreds of people who try to run into him and try to swindle him and try to get him to collab and do all this. Man, that guy's got a brand, man. That guy, that guy, you know, not to put you out there, that guy used to work for IT, man. That guy's a struggling artist like everybody else, dude. You can't do that to him. He's not going to tell you that. Nobody's going to tell you that because they have brands to run and they want to be helpful. But listen, when you come in here and you're able to come in a Poseidon or come in through your art and nobody puts a race or, a, or what you love or what you like, and it's just you and the freaking person and you, and you click like that. That's how you click like that. And that's all I can say. You know what I mean? That's the best way I can put it. And what I try to do is I try to say, hey, you know what? I can't live off of my artist forever. I can always be part of his creative vision, but I'm never going to take from Rock. I'm always just going to enable him. And when I enable him, I'm going to enable Chris. And when I enable Chris, I'm going to enable them. And I'm smart enough, guys, that I'm going to build my own products and resources and marketplaces and things like that. I don't need to have artists and things like that. I don't need to be in in, in it for another cause. I, it's such a new discovery. You could build a new way to save gas tomorrow and be a millionaire. Why would I care about selling art? It has nothing to do with me. It's just for a friend of mine that had a dream who freaking deserves it. Chris, why are you doing this to sit, to to get your art to the world and for everybody to see your talents and to help other creators? Like, what what drives you to to lead this movement? You're you're at the top of what's <laughs> what's quickly becoming known as like the next big thing, and and you're uniquely happen to be in Dallas, Texas, which all good things come from Texas. Um, <laughs> but w- what's driving you, man? Uh, man, so I've been, I've been mostly into memes my whole life, even like back in 95, when I first got on AOL, I've been all over internet culture and memes like that. And growing up, well, once, once my work started getting big, once Neancat started getting big, I started getting a whole bunch of companies coming to me and they're like, Hey, come work with us here, sign this contract. Then I read the contract and I see that they want all the rights. They will take all the rights from me if I sign this contract. And of course I said, no, but during all my time in this internet world space, I've seen a lot of artists lose their art that way. I've seen so many people. Like I saw one guy that lost his entire rights to a big company and they made millions without him. And it sucks. And I hate seeing that. I've always been very artist driven and it sucks to see good people just lose out like that. So I came into the space primarily because I I'm kind of I'm trying to represent memes in a way. I've actually got a whole bunch of memes that have messaged me ever since this blew up. So um, you know, I know I have a lot of influence on that kind of stuff. Uh, I know recently I had uh, Bad Luck Brian. He was a big old, he was a big meme back in the early 2000s to 10s or so. He's messaging me and he's like, you know, I really want to get into this NFT space. I've had a lot of people try to screw me over, and I'm like, let me help you. Let me help you get up there. And he's actually going to release his NFT pretty soon. And I'm, I'm very happy for him. I did it. I did it out of the kindness of my heart. I know I, today I got um, the kid, the kitty cat dance guy from 2006. It was a big, hang on, my cat's back. And he's, <laughs> he does whatever he wants. Okay. He's a, you know, he's a big icon that from the early days of the internet. And then he's also like, I've got a lot of people trying to screw me over. And I'm like, let me help you. Let me get you on there. So I'm trying to help all of these people that have been screwed over in the past. And I'm like, you know, as long as you have retained your ownership, I will be happy to help you. And I I do it for free. I I just, I guide them on along the way. I tell them what to download. I tell them what to, you know, prepare. 
And then I bring him over on Twitter and I'm like, Hey everybody, bad luck. Brian's here, you know, go check out his stuff. So I, I find that I find out very uh, fulfilling to help people that have been in my position. Cause like growing, you know, these past 10 years, I've had a lot of highs, but I've had a lot of lows too. I've had a lot of people try to screw me over when, when the ANCAP first came out, I had a lot of people trying to steal my copyright, just straight up were filing for the copyrights without my consent. So that was a huge battle. And so I understand that there's a lot of hustlers out there. A lot of people just trying to take advantage. So I'm, I've always just been trying to keep, I've always been trying to stay very grounded and I'm, I'm trying to help as many meme creators as possible. That's, that's why I got into this space. And I feel like I've succeeded. I feel like I put memes on the map in the NFT space. And I feel like memes are going to be like this huge meme economy. And I think it's only going to get better from here. I know next week we're going to have two big memes coming. And um, I don't want to say their names yet, but they're, they're going to be, it's going to make the news, I'm sure. But, um, and I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. And I, and, and I think, any meme creator out there from the past or present should definitely look into NFTs because it's going to be a huge hub of 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 memes basically pretty soon. And I think and it's and it's great that these people will get proper recognition and attribution for their work. When you say when you say that uh, two are coming out next week because of your stature in the community, do you get to like preview them and like hear about them and see them kind of? Or like, or is it something you're creating? Well, I, I, everybody has their different approach. I am just kind of like leading them to that. I'm like, hey, do, get this ready, do this. And then I let them go. I'm like, you know, this is your work. I'm going to respect that entirely. I'm not making any money off of this. I'm he just... doesn't make any money, but he makes, he makes value because his yeah. collectors collecting him prior, Chris. And sorry yep. to cut that off, but I wanted to help. I wanted to help him out because it's like this. While he's doing that for free, he is doing it for free. But all his collectors see that his his web of strength and leadership makes his next piece, piece worth that much more. And so what you're doing is you're bidding behind these horses that you know are kind. They're going to support. But if you put your money into dead people, and what I mean by dead people, I mean people that are in it for themselves. People that, like you said, may burn 100. That's your homework. That's not nobody else's fault. But if you come and you see Chris and like Chris is telling you how he does and you can see this happening, you can see him on podcasts, you can see him talking and helping people. That stuff is not just it's not just free. It's building a web of value through the community and for his collectors and his namesake. And that's why people get to invest in Chris and me on cat. Yeah, I'm, call, I'm calling it I'm calling it the, the meme economy because like I know that you know, memes are always huge. You know, you know, everybody knows all these memes. And I think once they get on the space, everybody's going to look to memes and be like, look, th these memes have all this value. And then we can all work together to make ourselves more enriched in all of this. All right. We have a couple more minutes and damn it, we're going to do a part two of this. Now I've learned enough <laughs> now to know what part two is going to be about. But if, if, if I just gave you all each like a couple more minutes to say like, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this, especially kind of in my world, that are literally probably haven't even heard the word M NFT yet. What should people be leaving with and thinking about? How can they go get smarter and educated on this? Like, if you have two minutes to kind of make the case, what what's what's going on in your head? Uh, in my head, <laughs> first of all, prepare not to get any sleep because there's going to be there's going to be a lot of that. But uh, second, uh, you know, if you're an artist and you believe in your work, if you trust yourself, if you know 
that you have the potential get on this space. Uh, don't sign any contracts because NFTs will, they, you know, they tie back to you and then you get to keep all the rights on everything. And that's the, the beauty of it. So if you're an artist, if you've been working hard on this, if you can show this, get on the space and show your work, get your stuff minted, get on a space. Um, I know I know a lot of the space, a lot of the platforms right now are uh, curated where you have to have invites to get in, but you can start, you can start somewhere like a OpenSea, Rarible. I'm sure there's other places out there and those places you can get in right away and start minting your work and just start building yourself, start building your audience, start showing the world who you are. I, I, I'm on Twitter all day. I just post photos of my cat because my cat is my life over here. And, and that's, that's all I do. But people love that. You know, people love that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got their own unique ways of going about it. But just uh, put your stuff out there. Don't, don't get stuck in the should I or should I not? I don't know if I'm good enough. Just do it. You won't know until you do it. And I've seen a lot of su people succeed, you know, not, not knowing anything about what's going on overnight. They have bids of thousands of dollars and it just changes their lives entirely. So just get in on this space. It's still brand new. We are all in this on the ground floor and everything is still being established. So, you know, just get, get, get artistic, get, you know, make it fun, make it weird, make it, make it something that'll make you a million dollars and just have fun along the process. And that's my, that's my mantra. That's my, that's how I've been my headspace in this whole thing. What was that last question before I got interrupted by the, 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 the question was just, uh, <laughs> the question was, we are going to do a part two of this. And, and I've, man, I, today my mind is spinning, but I just said, because we're running into the, the final uh, minutes of the episode, just give me your kind of two minutes of what you want people to take from today, the industry, because a lot of my community and a lot of the people listening to this know nothing about what's going on. Obviously, if they've made it this far in the episode, they probably do. But Van, give us like your final words. I'm going to give you my final words. It's like this. What we're doing is artists are holding a type of ICO or Kickstarter campaign for their creative vision. They are their own director, creator of their entire show. And their entire show is on display in certain marketplaces. And they are taking a utility word called an NFT, which is very broad. And they are giving you the first use case by providing this cool ass way of displaying internet history, visual appeal through video, GIF, imagery. There are no rules. If you can hustle it and turn people into believers behind your digital strategy, you are going to gain value. And you, as somebody who has money or has crypto or who is not artistic and wants to get involved, you can be an analyst. You could talk, you could write, you could build products, you could come in and leech on to different artists and tell them that you're ready to provide assets. I'm ushering in influencers who are going to start marketing people's pieces. This stuff is the next big thing, and you need to find the players now so that before the YouTube experts come and all the little clicks and hedge funds and all these people who come and ganging with different wallets and, 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 and different amounts of money. Figure out who Lupify is, figure out who Maddie is, figure out who I think Roger Dickman is, Dickman, I think his name is, um, excuse me if I'm butchering that, figure out who the top players are. And you can, listen, you can go to the marketplaces and, and check top sellers, top collectors, go look at them, 
Go see who they are. Go see what they're about. But I'll tell you this. They're not out there just spending money on things you can write, click, copy, and save. Don't be foolish. I love it, man. Well, I, not to say that uh, I, I'm in the community at all. I'm far from it. But I would say the first good step I made was meeting you two. Um, man, <laughs> I have taken so like my head is spinning. Johnny in here with me is his head. He's been just shaking his head the entire time going, what the hell are we listening to? It's the future, man. It's it is the future. The future. And the future always yeah. sounds weird so when you first ass, hear it. Man. The future it is, is so weird when you're ass. listening to it. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, we're going to look back. We're going to look back at this and just laugh. Oh, I know. This is going to be an NFT, baby. I yeah. want to say one last thing. I want to say one last thing because it is the birth of my vocal and my visual and everything that I've been doing homework on. I want to say one thing. What? Every single one of these artists and every single one of these creators, they know what it's like to have always been labeled as the creative help, including me. I've sat here and, and done projects and delivered market value projects at superior low rates. I've done work for top tier brands who debrief me at 5 a.m. because they don't want to see this guy in a hat and a hoodie at their board meeting at 9 a.m. But they're using all my tools. They're using all my e-commerce products. And I'm done with that. And that's the reason why I'm building the community and helping artists like Chris and other people escape that because I'm at it from a tail end side, a product side, but I hold all the same beliefs. Hell yeah, man. That's so, that is, oh man, the world is changing right before our eyes. It is, man. It's weird, but just keep reading into it. Cause like, trust me, I was confused as like, I'm, I'm still, still confused. confused. <laughs> and we're all still we are all still like, I was in a clubhouse chat the other day and everybody actually brought this up. This, this topic came up and everybody in the chat was like, we don't know what we're doing, but but we're doing it. <laughs> it's working and we're doing it. Yeah, the drive it's what's is what's gonna make all of this. Just don't just you know, just just make it happen. And don't try to go into it thinking you'll make a million dollars overnight. You gotta work for it. But if people will notice, the community will notice, they will definitely spot out any fakes. And if you can prove that you have passion what it takes. Passion, yes. If you prove that you got what it takes. And I've seen a lot of people really do really succeed in this space because of it. It's just like anything in life, man. You got to put in the work if you want the outcome. Um, and listen, it's no my, different listen here. my mom and dad would be here making art. I would go right now and have Rock spin up some art for my mom and dad, and I'd put them in the marketplace. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. If it did, we would all be here. But if you come and you identify and you really work hard, what you're going to see is you're going to see some super powerful artists with some super big ass brands. All right, guys, you guys uh, blew my mind today. I want to thank you again so much. This was incredible. Um, and, I, and I'm serious. I look forward to engaging with y'all more on Twitter and learning more from y'all. Uh, I'm just fascinated. And thank you again for, for what you did today. You really opened my eyes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, real quick, shameless plug, it is. This is what I do it for. Follow our community. You follow them through Loopify. You follow them through Maddie. You follow them through NFT Freaks. These are real people, real visions, here for the community. Follow Chris. I see him every freaking where, every freaking day. He's helping people <laughs> for free. I'm a uh, PR, PR Guitar Man on Twitter, uh, by the way. PR, PR Guitar, guitar man. man. Yeah, I follow you. Yeah. yeah. And, and last but not least... Mr. L. Rock. Yes, 
plug for value. When you collect this guy, we're going to be doing podcasts. We're going to be ushering in big brands and everybody can do that. You just have to strike those relationships with people who are not artists. If they want to be a part of this, they have to believe in your art. That is the only way they can come. Thank you guys. Thank you. We'll talk yeah, thanks, to you soon. Y'all have Sounds a great you have a great rest of your day. And you you have a fan in me. I know we already follow each other <laughs> on Twitter, but I'm gonna start engaging more with y'all. Uh, Let's do it. I hope, to become, I hope I hope I can I hope to gosh that L Rock can be your first piece in your collection, sir. Have I'm gonna a buy day. a piece. I gotta get a piece. I need a, <laughs> I need a piece. Thank you. All right, See you boys. soon, boss. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Hey everyone, it's Chris here again. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating or write a quick review. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Chris Powers is the founder and CEO of Fort Capital LP. All opinions from Chris and guests of the Fort Podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Fort Capital LP. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for real estate or investment decisions. The Fort with Chris Powers is produced by Straight Up Podcasts.